Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. TDN Fantasy listeners, do you want to win some money in weekly fantasy sports this year? Well, check out our friends over at Owner's Box. You can join their latest contest for free by using the code DREW9. That is DREW9, as in Drew Brees. And you can win some money today. We've talked in the show about how much money I was able to win in their week one contest. You can join in on the fun now. Win some money of your own by going on ownersbox.com or downloading the Owners Box app on your device. Make sure you join and get your lineups in today. Welcome into the TDN Fantasy Podcast. Chris Schubert, Jamie Eisner. It is a Sunday night. You know what that means. It is a week breakdown, all of the games. And the reason why I said it that way is I, in the moment, forgot what week it was in the National Football League. It is week Week eight eight. in the National Football League. I almost said week nine, but I knew that that was the college uh, football slate. So a week eight recap here for you. We will go through all of the Sunday games, give you our thoughts on the fantasy storylines, maybe some real life storylines that have come out of these games because there's a lot to talk about, Jamie, because tomorrow's going to be a victory Monday for me. For you and Mike White, and I'm excited because uh, the the downside to the solo shows, aside from the fact that you have to hear my voice for the entirety of it, which is, again, painful enough for most people, uh, is that it, it's tough to get too deep into the analysis because I can't ask and answer my own questions. It'd you be can. really weird. It would be interesting. I, I, yeah, no, it'd be some weird. Yeah, If I start doing podcasts where I'm talking to myself and asking myself questions and answering them for an hour, Somebody come check on me. Uh, we'll do. We, we will do that. I, I want to let everybody know that they can head over to the new updated desktop or mobile website over at Bet Online and they can sign up. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all of the basketball and football action this season. When you go over there to sign up, you will receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code BLEAV50, that's B L E A V 50, to receive your bonus. Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet Online, where the game starts. We will start this recap episode of the TDN Fantasy Podcast podcast and Jamie I hope you're ready for all of the Mike White related questions I'm going to ask you on the Tuesday edition of the show for waiver wire uh, pickups for Thursday night against the Colts preparing you now the Panthers a 19 to 13 victory over the Atlanta whoa, whoa, Falcons whoa, whoa, whoa. You, you coming out with the the Jets teasers and you don't go with the Jets game well, we'll say we're saving the, we'll save the best for last or the, the Colts the morning game. slate how do you tease Thursday night football and then like like hey I'm going right. to ask you all about the Mike White stuff and let's go with a game that's completely different so listen, I, I I won't lie. Adrenaline's pumping. Okay, big victory for the Jets that I didn't anticipate. I'm feeling good. I looked at the schedule, found a couple more wins today. That's where I'm at here on the Sunday night before Victory Monday. So I was a little amped up. Yet the order that I have the games in on ESPN doesn't start with that game. But you're right. So Being a professional, I, I, I probably should have. Yes, you're in Vegas. Did you, you yes. put Did you put any money on uh, Jets plus four ten? I did not, no. Oh, okay. Well, you're a smart man because that, that was not a bet I yeah. would have made either. Um, okay, so you, you mentioned it. We'll start there. Uh, the Jets beat the Bengals 34-31. Um, f- fantasy-wise, I think you're going to look at this game. Michael Carter has a pretty yeah, good game. that's the big talking point for me. Uh, this was everything that I thought Michael Carter would be when we talked about him in the preseason. Oh, and, you know, we were both really high on him. And we, we spent a lot of of off-season time talking about this. Uh, I love the way they're using him now. This is not just, obviously, obviously had a big game, but this is mm-hmm. not just a, oh, it kind of happened. 
They made a switch starting last week coming out of the bye, and they decided they're going to put Michael Carter out on more routes. They almost doubled his percentage of routes per offensive play that they have been operating with, and it's starting to Basically, he leads the Jets with nine catches for 95 yards in this game through the air. This is going to be a factor for them. And as long as Mike White continues to start like he will on Thursday, he's going to be a great option for him. But, uh, you know, look, he's got 24 touches in this game. No other running back had more than four carries, and that was Ty Johnson. Even when Tevin Coleman comes back, Michael Carter is going to still be a significant player in the receiving game. This is kind of what I was waiting for, and we're right about that midseason mark. We talked about him being like a second-half type of option for you in the preseason. I'm kind of feeling it. Like I, I'm in on Michael Carter as, as a weekly flex consideration. We talked a lot in the preseason process and dynasty formats, what we thought about Michael Carter and the value that he would bring in the second half of this season and probably years moving forward starting next year. And and Jamie, as somebody who watches the Jets, I'll attest to this week by week by week, you just started to see more and more. OK, this is going to happen at some point. There's going to be that breakout performance. And you know what? I, I do want to make mention, I'm glad the Jets were able to get the win in this football game because if they didn't, we would be talking about the one bad play that Michael Carter made in this football game in yeah. which he thought he got the first down and and, and like gave himself up and kind of went to the ground and they, it almost cost the Jets that series. Mike White on a QB sneak on the next play picked up the first down. That was all she wrote. But you know the New York media, Jamie. What's the story if you know he, he goes down there and the Jets lose that football game? We're not talking about how great of a game Michael Carter had. We're talking about that play. So I'm glad that that didn't have uh, – any impact on the result of this football game. We can talk about what a great performance Michael Carter had. Yeah, that's my big takeaway there for the Jets. Uh, the only other one would be that, the, you know, as long as Mike White's playing right now, Jamison Crowder, again, back in that flex consideration, eight for 84 in this game. So uh, that for the Jets side, that was interesting. From the Bengals side, it was kind of, uh, you know, look, Joe Burrow put up a nice game fantasy-wise, 250, uh, 259, three touchdowns and an interception. It was kind of a weird game um, for everybody else. You well, know, Mixon Joe gets Mixon in the end zone twice. Yeah, because he scores twice, so he's got that. You get Chase gets in the end zone, but has a pretty quiet day overall, even though they left him on, uh, on nickels for most of the game. Higgins has a nice game. Boyd had a really nice pass. Catches a touchdown late as well. Uh, you kind of got the production from everybody that you needed to from the Bengals, even if it looked a little bit weird getting there. Like it didn't feel you didn't feel comfortable with probably anybody throughout the game. I mean, the biggest play, what was the longest play of the game? The Tyler Boyd to Joe Mixon. <laughs> a throw and catch yeah. in the day that there are 8,000 like double passes. I, I don't know why everybody in the NFL decided to break that out today, but uh, you got the production from everybody that you needed, but it was encouraging to see Joe Mixon more involved in the passing game because that has been very sporadic so far this season. So four for 58 and a touchdown, including the 46 yard catch he got from Tyler Boyd. I'll tell you this. I will take the under on one and a half more games this season that Jamar Chase has nine targets and only three catches. I know that's a very specific bet to make, but again, he got yeah, nine so targets and only had th- at three catches. The point I'm making is I don't think you will see that a lot moving forward. If he's going to get that kind of volume, he's going to get uh, those catches. So I, I don't think that's something to, to necessarily worry about. But you're yeah, right. He's weird fine. game because he ends up in the end zone and y- you kind of get a little bit, but he did get nine targets. A, a couple of those go his way and that changes the entire fortune of the way yeah. you're feeling. He had, a, his, his he had a bad drop in this game, too, but nothing that I'm all wor- not worried about. The touchdown saved his fantasy day, so you weren't absolutely killed by it. So you're good. 
Tennessee Titans beat the Indianapolis Colts in overtime, 34 to 31. Uh, Jamie put the hex on Carson Wentz in the back channels of TDN. If you saw that on Twitter, yep. um, go. if you didn't see it, at Jamie Eisner on Twitter, you can see oh. the, the hex that he put on Carson Wentz. And um, Jamie, Michael Pittman Jr., 10 catches, 86 yards, two touchdowns. That's probably where you want to start on the indie side of the ball. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, he gets into the end zone, 16 carries for 70 yards. Uh, Jake's not here. Should I, on his behalf, talk about Jonathan Taylor's usage? Is that is that something that we just have to do? Are we contractually obligated to do so? Well, no, because everything was going well until it wasn't for Carson Wentz. And you've got that weird play in the end zone that he just like I, quarterbacks just refusing to let a play go is fascinating to me and, and just compounding their errors with more errors. Although I guess technically, I mean, they ended up losing anywhere, but I guess technically in a roundabout way, it allowed them to be in a position to tie the game because if you give up a safety there, you're likely not getting the ball back, all that other fun stuff. But like you said, Michael Pittman's the big takeaway here. Continues to be a fantasy monster. 10 for 86, two touchdowns. I like seeing him 15 have 15 heavy- targets. I'm sorry. Yeah. I don't mean to. There's 15 targets for the guy. Almost double the next most, which was Zach Pascal at eight. Uh, T.Y. Hilton left this game early, but it was good to see this sort of production from Michael Pittman in a game that which T.Y. Hilton played the majority of because the one game that we saw earlier this year where Hilton played the majority of his numbers were significantly lessened. So I, that's one thing that concerned by before, but not here. Uh, looks amazing is, is, again, is one of those guys. We, we, there, I feel like there are so many of these wide receivers that like on any given week you feel really good about. And when we get to the fantasy playoffs and we're not dealing with buys anymore, you're going to start seeing guys that are ranked in the 30s that you really like at the wide receiver position, mm-hmm. just given how much depth there is there. And then on the Tennessee side, subdued game for, for Derrick Henry, second Which, kind of subdued game in a row. By the way, you don't expect to have that very often. And now you've got it in back-to-back weeks. No, and, and I guess last week I was more surprised, I should say, than this week. Uh, the Colts have a really good run defense. I believe they're like number one in, in run defense DVOA. So uh, I'm not shocked that he he struggled. Usually he'll get you a touchdown at least to, to have it out, but 2.4 yards per carry. That is not something that you would normally see from Derrick Henry. But A.J. Brown finally has his big oh, monster game here, boy, 10 for he. 155 and a touchdown without Julio Jones. That's really about it. Like you start here and you know Nick Westbrook you know Akeen getting the end zone you know Marcus Johnson only gets one catch you know McNichols is involved here and there like when even when Julio Jones is out you're not really playing any other pass catcher that's not AJ Brown I will now go to the game that I wanted to start this conversation with the Panthers and the and the Falcons a 19 to 13 victory for the Carolina Panthers um Jamie I okay I'm gonna put you to the test here after Cordell Patterson Find me a fantasy relevant storyline from this game. Sam Darnold goes for 129 yards and we get road Sam Darnold. Matt Ryan doesn't play particularly well. M- maybe it's Chuba Hubbard, but you and that's probably the no. only thing you would come up so, with. So, like Hubbard did what I expected for the most part. Like that's what I'm saying. Like, if we're trying to pick out a storyline here, uh, I think there actually are a couple. One is Sam Darnold's unplayable from Oof. here on out. You might, you know what? Because you might win the bet that you have with Joe on this. I'm I think inch, so. I'm you're trending in the good direction. And for those of you that maybe are listening for the first time, uh, uh, Jamie has a bet with Joe Marino of uh, the Draft Network and of the Draft Dudes Podcast over where Sam Darnold will finish amongst fantasy quarterbacks in fantasy points per game. With the way Sam Darnold started to the year, Jamie was kind of already planning on paying out that bet. Uh, not so fast, my friend, because Jamie, you might win this if he continues to play this this poorly. 
So Joe and I were talking about this actually as as frequent as recently. I can't speak words today. Uh, this is what happens when you're up at like and doing all these shows and stuff, and you're 15 hours in New York day. But uh, as recently as Wednesday morning, Joe and I were talking about this because Darnold was down to the QB 18 in average fantasy points per game uh, after last week. This week he's going to be he's going to drop probably in somewhere into the 20s. But I don't think he's going to get down to 25 quite yet. But yes, we have a a box of built bars on the line for this. But uh, right now he's dealing with a concussion might not even play next week so I, I, we're going to hear some talk about the Panthers bringing in quarterbacks or maybe they might go with PJ Walker again starting next week but regardless Darnold's unplayable right now uh, yeah I, I cannot see a scenario where he's ranked in my top 20 from here on out I mean he would have to have multiple really strong weeks and a great matchup and a lot of teams on by for me to put him in like a, a startable category and on the Falcon side of things the big storyline here is the guy that didn't play and it's Calvin Ridley and it's mm-hmm. the fact that He's taking some time away from football indefinitely. We don't know how long he's going to be gone. It's possible he doesn't play again the rest of the season. Um, You know, obviously, hopefully whatever is going on in his life and personally gets resolved in a way that makes him and his family happy. Uh, It sounds like it is a mental health issue. So as somebody that deals with close family members that have had these issues and currently are dealing with them, uh, I'm very sympathetic to it. But from a fantasy standpoint uh i i don't know what my advice would be uh i i you don't want to drop a player that you spent a second round pick on and that has the potential to be a star player for your team but i don't know how long he's going to be out and quite frankly wasn't having that good of a season in the games he was playing in anyway so uh there's they're not going to like put him on like he's going to probably have the NA next to his name uh, at best. There's not really going to even really be spots for you to place him like on IR or anything like that. in Most of your league. So you're going to kind of be caught in this weird position. Now, I, uh, I think I probably drop him. Uh, if I'm, if I'm in, put it this way, if I am in the middle group of my standings, where I'm either fighting to get into the playoffs or fighting to hold a playoff position, I probably drop him in favor of players that can help me right now. If I have a multi-game lead at the top, or if I'm sitting in the like, very, you know, if I'm there, I'm like, all right, maybe I keep him and hope he comes back at some point because I'm really preparing for a playoff run. That's kind of, and if you're at the bottom of the standings, you kind of have, you kind of is what it is at that point, unless you're in a keeper league by any means. So, I guess that's my actionable advice here, that if, if you are fighting for your playoff lives over these next few weeks and you need that spot, take it. I wouldn't do it right now. I would give it a week or two. I would wait and see. Uh, not that these not that these situations are comparable, and, and they're not. But, for example, we heard somebody taking personal time away earlier this season, Will Fuller, and it was really only for one week. Uh, I do not anticipate, given reading that statement and and just considering what what probably went into that process, I do not think this is going to be a one-week thing for Calvin Ridley. I don't know when he's going to be back, if he's back at all, but that would be my advice on that point. Um, and then from the rest of the team's standpoint uh i wouldn't worry about kyle pitts bad off you know weird off bad game here uh the falcons looked completely out of sync and i I was a little surprised russell gage was a no-show in this game i really thought he and pitts would both have big games along with cordero patterson and it was tazway sharp who ends up leading uh, all receivers with 558 so that is what i take away from this game the buffalo bills 
beat the Miami Dolphins 26 to 11. The Dolphins are now one and seven on the season and the bottom of the AFC East. I didn't think I would say that uh, in week eight of the regular season. Um, Cole Beasley, I think, is probably the thing you want to talk about the most on the Bills side of thing. Listen, Jamie, I, I don't think it does us any favors to be like, hey, Josh Allen had a good game. You should have Josh, if you have Josh Allen, you should be starting him. Like goes for 249, two touchdowns, rushes a touchdown in, so three to- three total touchdowns. You get a monster game from him. But Cole Beasley, 10 catches, 110 yards on 13 targets. That's big. Stephon Diggs has a game that allows him to be a starter, five catches, 40 yards, gets into the end zone. Uh, and then on the Miami side of things, Devontae Parker, eight catches, 85 yards on the 11 targets. That's nice to see. Jalen Waddle has 12 targets. He only is able to convert those into four catches for 29 yards. Those are some of the things that when I look at this box score and look at this game, that's what I take away from it. Yeah, the Cole Beasley side is like he he puts together now back to back very strong games after back to back terrible games. Uh, like you never like there's always a chance Cole Beasley's going to put up a, a ten catch hundred something yard game. He's he's had uh, what a ten catch game, an eleven catch game already this year, eaten the last five weeks. But uh, you're never really sure when you're going to get that or when you're going to get the complete dud. But uh, there's really no nothing actionable here for either one of these guys. Like I I've been I've liked Devontae. Parker. The only reason I have him out of my lineup because he's been hurt. Um, I, I do think he's absolutely worthy of a flex play going forward, and I had him ranked as such this week. You know, on the Stefan Diggs stuff, like he gets the touchdown saves his day, but it's been a really disappointing season for him relative to expectations. And that like, that's that is the important emphasis to put on it. Like I feel like this these these like I'm looking at his box score right now. This feels like Minnesota Stephon Diggs, which was still really good. Don't still get a good me player, wrong. but not Buffalo. But Stephon not what Diggs. we was our last year. Uh, and I thought I didn't think he was going to necessarily repeat last year, but I thought he would get really close. In not happening. To, to come to your defense, you said it would be almost impossible to repeat how good he was a year ago. But he's still going to be a top three fantasy wide receiver and. In that regards, I think we're we're kind of still waiting for that version of Stefan Diggs uh, to show up. You, I can see, I can see you, I, and, and the viewers can't, the listeners can't see this, but you were typing. So I'm gonna before I move yes. on to the next game, you're clearly trying to research something very quickly. No, I, I'm, what I'm trying to research here is I actually I'm curious where Stefan Diggs I, stands right at this very second among fantasy wide receivers I, and people. My guess, this is a guess. I'm just, I'm just curious. Guess while I have pulled up here, I just got to count. So just uh, tell me what you think. I, I feel like he's Full outside PPR of the top on a per seven. Game basis. Outside of the top seven, but inside the top twelve. No, he's lower than that. He is lower than twelve. Hmm. Is he top twenty? Yes. Is he sixteen? No. So I'll, I'll stop this because here he's eighteenth. He's tied for eighteenth right now at fifteen. I was, uh, yeah, I was going to go the other way. So that was that was good. So, but, but let, let me talk. So let me give you the two names directly in front of him and the two names directly behind him. That kind of thing. I feel like that gives a little bit of a context for what we're talking about. Again, wide receiver eighteen is not terrible. A wide receiver in the teens is what I get. I'm I'm, I'm glad this is played out like this because this is kind of where he was in Minnesota. So that that's really apt. Um, the two guys right in front of him, Michael Pittman Jr., wide receiver seventeen. DJ Moore, wide receiver 16. Another guy that's kind of fallen back down a little bit. No. Thanks to Sam Darnold. quarterback stinks. Terrible. Uh, and the two guys right behind him are tied. Well, the one guy tied with him right now on a per-game basis is Sterling Shepard with, with an equal 15.8 points per game. If there's a receiver that the, that the TDN Fantasy Podcast stands on the table for, it is Sterling Shepard. So. Yeah, it is Sterling Shepard. Uh, and then tied right behind that is the combination of DeAndre Hopkins and Terry McLaurin. So, um, oh, those two names hurt. Those two names hurt to be that low. Yeah, and it's going to hurt even more because I don't think Kyler Murray's playing this week. Well, Kyler Murray's got the ankle, um, (laughs) and things in Washington have not been going particularly well. 
No. So, okay. So actually while we're doing this and then we'll get back, because I'm just going to read you the current top five for wide receiver. I think you could probably guess one. He's got a 4.9 fantasy points per game lead over everybody else. Chris, who might that be? Hmm. Hmm. Let me just think about this for a second. Grab your cup of coffee. and Okay. Cooper Cup is one. Debo Samuel, wide receiver two. Love that. That's big time. We're going to get to him in a second with his big game that he had today. Tyreek Hill, wide receiver three. Devontae Adams, wide receiver four. And Jamar Chase, wide receiver five. Remember, hey, Jamie, do you remember that time in the preseason when we were talking about Jamar Chase and he was he was dropping passes all over the place? Do you remember that? Because that feels I like do. six years ago now in comparison with how good he has been this season uh, for the Bengals. And despite the loss today, you got to be extremely happy if you're a Bengals fan at the direction that this team's going because they definitely have that connection. Uh, you mentioned Debo Samuel. Let's get to it. San Francisco beats the Bears 33-22. to uh, Elijah Mitchell has a big game, 18 carries, 137 yards. He gets into the end zone. Debo Samuel does not get into the end zone, but still has a monster day. Six catches, 171 yards. And on, then on the other side of things, and I'll just lay all this out, and Jamie, you can take it wherever you want it. Justin Fields, 175 yards passing. He gets uh, one touchdown. A big 103 yards on the ground, the one touchdown. And to me, so far in his short career, the play of his career on a fourth and one scramble around just trying to, to save his life scrambles for a big time touchdown in a big spot that is the marquee play of Justin Fields career that's why they went up and took him for plays like that their 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 belief in his abilities so that's the big takeaway there and then Darnell Mooney he has six catches for 64 yards uh, and that's really the big things that I'm looking at from this game yeah like I don't think this is going to be a hot take uh, this is the best game of Justin Fields career thus far uh, in a loss just, in a loss. loss still the best game of his career um, this was a game the Bears probably should have won, by the way, but they, they bared it. But uh, Justin Fields looked phenomenal uh, in this game, particularly from a rushing standpoint. You mentioned that he's got the spit out of the sack and he was making plays. Like this is the first time I thought Justin Fields looked comfortable. It always felt like he was, for lack of a better phrase, robotic out there. Like it felt like he was thinking the entire time. And this was the first time I felt like Justin Fields was just out there playing football. And I don't know if it's just, you know, a steady progression like we saw a couple weeks ago with Trevor Lawrence, that one game where you saw him take a lot of those read option carries and hold them themselves where you start to look and go, okay, that light bulb was starting to come on for him, whatever. I think that was like the fourth or fifth start of the year. I think it was his fourth start of the year for Trevor Lawrence where you can kind of see, okay, like he it's slowing down for him. He's starting to kind of get his footing. Maybe that happened. Uh, I know the narrative will be because Matt Nagy wasn't there, uh, but, the, uh, but again, it's still Matt Nagy's team and offense, and it's not like him not being there for a few days changed the fundamental fabric of, of the Chicago Bears. So, uh, But it was good seeing that, and obviously the rushing upside was, was tremendous from a fantasy perspective. Um, you want to talk about guys that uh, I will hold on to Allen Robinson one more week because I, in the hopes that he gets traded on Tuesday, um, but he is nearing droppable status oh, for me. That's twice that you've used that word on the show. About say, oh, look at his game log right now. No, I listen. Let's you, no, I let's get play it. this game, Chris. Where do you think Allen Robinson is ranked in fantasy points per game? Oh, okay, let me. Can Among I wide receivers? Do I am I allowed to look at his game logs to be able to try to figure this out? Yes, yeah, I'm yeah, not going to yeah, look yeah. at his fantasy. I just want to look at what his game. Yeah, just look at his game logs. Okay, so let's. This He's is three, fantastic. He had three catches for 21 yards in this game. And then last week, four ca- uh, two catches for 16 yards, four catches for 53. This guy has one touchdown all season. He has 23 catches all year. He's outside the top 45 wide receivers. He is outside top 45 wide receivers. 
This has got to be like wide receiver. 50 wide receiver. I was going to say wide receiver 53 was going to be my guess. Really close. Wide receiver. Oh, hold on. I, I clicked the wrong button. Give me one second. Uh-oh. I clicked the total fantasy points, not per game. I want to be fair. I don't want to be because by weeks and stuff. Uh, let's see. He might even be. Ooh, he's even worse. Okay. Oh, no. Ooh, is he in the 60s? Worse. Lower. He's in the 70s? He's in the 70s. Allen Robinson's in the 70s? Wide receiver 77. Here are that, the, hurt, that hurt me that you said that out loud. I, I'm right, insane. So on a per-game basis, the wide receiver directly in front of him was Cedric, is Cedric Wilson. The wide receivers tied directly behind him are Quez Watkins and Byron Pringle. That is the company. Excuse me? Allen Robinson II is currently sharing in the fantasy football space right now in full PPR. And you know what? Do you know what's so funny to me, Jamie? Is we spent a good portion of the summer talking about how, man, Allen Robinson in Jacksonville, in Chicago, he's quarterback proof. It doesn't matter who who his quarterback is. He's going to put up big numbers. Well... We have found it might be a one-year outlier, but we have found the year in which that statement is no longer true. No, it's not. Oh, by the way, you want you want to hear something funny? You want to see who you know who's wide receiver eighty-two? Odell Beckham Jr. Speaking of Odell Beckham Jr., Told the you. Pittsburgh Steelers beat the Cleveland Browns Told fifteen you. to ten. Jamie is going to uh, scream from the mountaintops how he was right on Odell. By the way, Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, because, one target look, in this game, one catch, I, six yards. I, I, I'm going to be right about a lot of things. I'm going to be dead wrong about a lot of things. But if there's the two things I stood on the table for and took the most heat for over I, the offseason, Saquon Barkley Saquon and Barkley Odell Beckham and Jr., Odell Beckham Jr., and I was freaking right on both. Sorry, no, and it's, end of it, story. It's I'm going to take a, a, a victory rap on those two because you of the, they're 10-8 rounds. the hate that I got. They're they're ten eight rounds. Like th- this isn't close. This isn't we're going to the judges' scorecard. No, this is ten eight rounds for Jamie on, on both of those. It, it's it, you were absolutely right on both of those. So I like I said, Odo Beckham Jr. only has the uh, one catch for six yards in this football game. Uh, Jamie Najee Harris just continues to be. Uh, excellent. 26 carries, 91 yards, one touchdown. Uh, catches three passes as well in PPR formats. That's going to be huge for you to go along with that touchdown. Uh, Deontay Johnson, six catches, 98 yards. Jamie, the Cleveland running back situation is something I'd like to discuss with you. Nick Chubb only has 16 carries, 61 yards. Four, uh, four carries, 22 yards, and a touchdown for Johnson. And this, these offenses were not very good today. No, this was this was bad. Uh, this was a bad, bad football. Uh, the score is very indicative of how bad this football was. Uh, the, the disappointing thing is, look, you're going to get these kind of games from Nick Chubb, and this was a tough matchup for him. The, the disappointing part was the the series inside the 20 that Ernest Johnson got to stay in. He ends up getting a touchdown. He had a really nice run, by the way, on that touchdown. got to give him some credit, but... It's a little disappointing, uh, especially with no Kareem Hunt. You would expect that Nick Chubb would get all of that work inside the 20, and he didn't quite get it. So it's a little bit disappointing, and obviously because he is not involved in the passing game at all, this is kind of what the the floor is for him. You get these seven or eight-point games. Um, look, I know Beckham Jr. is droppable if he doesn't get traded by Tuesday. And I don't think he will. I think it's three times now. Uh, well, that. we have to start again. We're midseason now. Like the fantasy playoffs are starting in like a month. We need to start getting serious about, you know, what we're doing here in terms of roster building. And just because you drafted somebody high, I get, I get why it's concerning. But um, same thing we just talked about with the Calvin Ridley stuff. Like I get why you don't want to do it. But if you have to do it, you have to do it. I don't see a path forward with where Odo Beckham Jr. is a startable player for you in the postseason if he's on the Browns. I just don't. 
I, I just don't see a path. Uh, he hasn't produced what Jarvis Landry's been in or been out or whatever. There's no chemistry between him and Baker Mayfield whatsoever on a run first team. But uh, on the Pittsburgh side, the, the workload Najee Harris is getting is going to keep him in RB1 territory. I mean, 29 touches in this game. Like, that's. Uh, and in PPR formats, you know he's yeah. going to get targets. And so. It, it, yeah, three it, catches is like a bad game for him. Kinda. Right, and so that's three bonus points in addition to everything he's going to do for you on the ground, and they clearly are going to use him enough on the ground. 26 carries today, and he gets into the end zone. So I this – okay, we, we just talked about where Jamie's right and Jamie's wrong on things. I'll raise my hand. I was wrong on Najee Harris. I did not think he was going to be able to be in, in that RB1 territory, and I did not think he should be drafted in that RB1 territory. He has proved me wrong so far this season. He has been very good for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, now that I've got this up, I'm, I'm taking a look at where – yeah, he's the RB3. There's only three like, running backs in the NFL right now in full PPR that are averaging 20 points per game. Derek Henry, Najee. Austin Eckler, and Najee Harris. That's it. That's the end of the list. That's a that league company that Najee Harris as a rookie is keeping right now. Yes. I mean, Alvin Kamara's close. Christian McCaffrey's close. But, but he's in like, front of those guys. Think about what you're saying. Yeah, right now, Najee Harris is in front of Kamara, Christian McCaffrey, Ezekiel Elliott, Jonathan Taylor, Aaron Jones. Like Those are all guys that I, as he's a, ahead As of. a rookie... As yeah. a rookie, he's doing ba- this. On a, I should say, on a on a very team. under as a, yeah. on a mediocre team, mediocre football team, mediocre four and three. Football team. Mediocre. Uh, the Browns are in last place. Yeah, they're in last place in the AFC North. A like, a a now four a, a four team race and AFC correct North. because the bank even again it's weird to say this on a loss but the Bengals have shown that they're going to be in this race. Well, here's the like the Ravens are on by this week and they're they're leading at five and two, but it's five and two Ravens, the five and three Bengals, the four and three Steelers, and the four and four Browns. Like, that's competitive, man. Yeah, the only division that doesn't seem at least somewhat competitive at the moment in the A and 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 we can debate the AFC East uh, between how much whether you think that the Patriots are contenders or not. I don't think they are, but um, it's really just the South that you like. You know the Titans are going to win it, and you can like you can write it in ink and move on. But uh, the North is going to be fascinating. The Philadelphia Eagles going to Detroit. They beat the Lions 44-6. to Got to raise my hand on this one. Um, if you watch the Money Down show. It was you it know, was your bold bet. Nah, you're, but I thought this you're was allowed, I you're allowed to make mistakes on no, these. No, I thought the Lions were going to win this game. And well, not only did they not win this game, I'm not sure they could have been further away from winning this game. They could so, have only been at that one. You, you saw that football team on Twitter or whatever that won 108 to nothing. That high school team over the weekend with like quarterback threw like 13 touchdowns or something. That's yeah. pretty much what I felt like watching this game. Wow. So I have a question for you, Jamie. I have been on a roller coaster ride this season with DeAndre Swift. No Jamal Williams for the Lions. <laughs> yeah. And he only gets 12 carries, 27 yards, and catches five passes. Like, I, I, I just don't know anymore. I thought he was going to have a monster game here. Right, like, is what it is. It, this is the scenario where he has a monster game. Jamal Williams is in his way. We've seen the workload kind of increase, and he's been been having these big games in the passing game. And it's like, okay, now he's got to have to get the rushing carries. But this is the problem with the Lions. And this is why, to bring up another bet that I made, I have a bet with Kyle Krabs, Draft Dudes Podcast, over where Detroit finishes in terms of running the football. Jamie, they're just going to be down by three scores before the end of the first quarter, and they're never going to run the ball again. Well, that's fine if you just keep throwing it to them. Like, like that's well, fine when he's getting seven, either. eight, nine catches. I don't care if he doesn't another run. Also, uh, Jamar Jefferson getting in the end zone instead of him in the in like the that's that score kind of sucked. Uh, but Hawkinson, nice day, ten for 10, ten for eight, and he's on pace for a hundred catches. By the way, okay, that's the one Eagles, I'm going to be wrong on. 
The Eagles threw the ball 16 times and ran it 46 times and won 44 to 6. Not only did they throw it 16 times, they, they used their backup quarterback for two of those 16. They said, Jalen Hurts, you take the rest of the day off. Uh, by the way, by the way, Jalen Hurts' day when he was told to take the rest of the day off, 9 for 14, 103 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions, and 71 yards on the ground without a touchdown. Yeah, it, it, weird. And Bo- so Boston Scott gets two touchdowns, Jordan Howard gets two touchdowns, and Kenneth Gainwell got to, uh, I don't know, get an ice cream cone after the game. The Rams beat the Texans 38 to 22. Jamie, this was a weird game. The Rams go up 38 to nothing. And then they just, again, Houston never was back into it. But just all of a sudden, it was just 38-22. It just happened to get there. uh, It was the Niners-Lions game from week one. Where the Niners Correct. were clearly in control. Now, there wasn't the, ma- the major injury. There was but a they little just took bit their foot all the way off the gas. In that game, for some of us who had the 49ers minus seven, it got a little it got a little scary there at the end. You weren't really in danger of this one. If you got it at 16 and a half, I'm sorry. But earlier in the week, say, you could have got there it. were a lot of people that lost this, uh, lost this spread. You could have got this at a lower number earlier, and you would have been okay. Um, Stafford, three touchdowns, 305 yards. Uh, Daryl Henderson, 14 carries, 90 yards, a touchdown. We talked about wide receiver one, Cooper Cup, seven catches, 115 yards, one touchdown. Jake Arians is in here. I will do it for him. Cooper Cup, Matt Stafford, just continue to watch that. Uh, Bobby Trees gets into the end zone, three catches, 35 yards, uh, and then gets the one on the ground And a receiving touchdown for for Bobby Trees. Look, this was was a really good game for everybody involved for the Rams. And Van Jefferson was a little bit banged up at, at point starting up a three for 88 which is exactly what you want to see from him he should have more games like this with all the talk that they are now agreeing with uh, agreeing to try to seek a trade partner for deshaun jackson it's not like jackson was playing that much anyway but even if that gives him you know eight or nine more snaps for van jefferson that's big news uh, on the houston side of things there are a couple things that are worth talking about uh this is this is why i like to caution people the, the houston texans running back situation i think this is where It's important to remember to stop playing bad football players just because their situation improved. And this is a good example of people like, oh, is is Philip Lindsay, get Philip Lindsay back in your lineup or oh, play David Johnson or don't play bad football players just because their situation improved slightly. Play good football players and they do not have good football players in the backfield. And just because he thought it was funny because he used to do this to fantasy managers back in New England, uh, Rex Burkhead is the one that gets the only <laughs> touchdown on the ground for Houston. Uh, Cooks garbage times his way into me losing my uh, underbet on him. So that's fun. Uh, but I guess the one other thing to note there is, is Nico Collins continues to have a little bit of involvement here. 455. His role is kind of growing a little bit. When they get uh, to Rod Taylor back, I'm, I'm interested to see what kind of combination of that. Like, does he trust Collins as that wide receiver too? Uh, I expect Taylor back next week. And I think once he's back, he's going to be in the conversation of like mid-level QB2. Uh, but uh, actually, no. What is the matchup next week is, oh, it's Chris. It's what? Houston, Miami. Could you imagine oh, that, if Houston that, trades Deshaun Watson to Miami on Tuesday and then plays against no, Deshaun Watson not, on Sunday? They're not. They're not trading him. We're, 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 we're I don't Roberts. think they're trading him either. But but could you imagine? It would make trade it would, him on Tuesday, make, lose to him on Sunday. It would make for high drama. I will tell you that the, the drama would, would be, be the only thing that would make that game freaking watchable. Yeah, that's going to be rough. That is going to be a rough football game next week. Uh, are you good with the Texans? Can I move on to the afternoon slate? 
I guess. I mean, we shouldn't All talk right, about fine. the Texans anymore. You know what? You know what? Fine. But I, how about this? We'll move on from the Texans, but we won't get to the afternoon slate yet because I have to ask you about how your prize picks entry went today. Okay. So at least I'm mad about Okay, please. The floor is yours. And then I'll tell everybody how they can join you in being mad and playing on prize picks. Uh, by the way, I, I very much enjoy playing on Price Picks, and they didn't do anything wrong. Uh, they just made the mistake of making sure Deontay Johnson didn't have seven more yards when he needed seven more yards. Oh, That's so it's their fault. It's yeah, their, yeah, it's no, not no, no. Uh, I came very close. If you watched uh, the Money Down show, you saw uh, it was over on Debo Samuel yards, which he flew by, over 16 fantasy points for Carson Wentz, which he surpassed. And it was the threshold was 16 and a half fantasy points for Deontay Johnson. He had 15.8. He Ooh, fell seven so yards sorry. or seven tenths of a catch short uh, of me winning. I think it would have been uh, like 250 something dollars. Well, if you, if you want to have an opportunity to do better than Jamie and participate in Price Picks, head over and download the app, uh, the Apple App Store, the Google Play Store. So Android users, iPhone users, apps for both of you. Uh, they have all sorts of different sports. Jamie does NFL football. I'll tell you this, Kyle and Joe on the Money Down College Football on Saturdays, they put together college football related ones. You want to put a baseball lineup in? You can do that. Basketball, college basketball, MMA, soccer, they've got it all over at Price Picks. You just pick two to five players. You heard Jamie mention it. He had receiving yards. He had fantasy points. You can pick a quarterback's touchdowns. You have all sorts of different statistics at your uh, at your disposal, and you can win anywhere from two to five times your entry. How about this? Use the promo code TDN when you sign up, and you're going to get a 100% deposit bonus up to $100 when you use the code TDN. All right, Jamie, now we're going to get into the afternoon slate of games. The Patriots beat the Chargers 27-24. to Mac Jones does not throw a touchdown in this game. Damian Harris, welcome back to the show. 23 carries, 80 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, and on the other side of things, uh, Herbert, two touchdowns, two interceptions. Austin Eckler gets into the end zone. Keenan Allen, six catches, 77 yards, and a touchdown. So from a fantasy perspective, I think it's it's what you expect so far, which is, again, I will continue to say this, put this on a T-shirt. When, when Damian Harris gets in the end zone, he has a great fantasy day. Um, that's kind of what he is. And there are a few guys in the, league, in the league like that, and they're not pass catchers. But this was a good opportunity for him. Gets in the end zone, but I didn't think he was overly dynamic. Um, Chargers, like, I'm kind of starting to side-eye them a little bit. Like, I'm not coming off of what I think about them, but this is back-to-back really – bad performances with the bye week in between. I was just going to say, like, they should be able to recover from what happened against Baltimore with the bye week, and they didn't. Yeah, I mean, they got their, you know, what's kicked in uh, against Baltimore. You go on a bye, and you come back, and you're at home against a team you're quite frankly better than. It's not like a a monster mismatch. It's not like a Rams-Texans type of mismatch by any means, but you're a better football team top to bottom than New England. And they didn't look good. And this was another, I mean, a multi-interception game for Justin Herbert. Uh, Eckler had a pretty, had a really good fantasy day. He was thrilled with Eckler. He was like a top three back in all of fantasy. But, uh, you know, Keenan Allen, big game, but you got nothing from Mike Williams. Like, it's, I don't know. From a, from a fantasy standpoint, it's good to see Keenan Allen starting to get more and more involved again. I don't know if, so he can kind of live up to the draft day value. From a real-life standpoint, I'm side-eyeing them again. Like, I can't help it. Like, they're still the Chargers. Like, until they prove otherwise, they're still the Chargers. And this should have been a – not. I shouldn't call it a get-right game because that's that's not giving – like, the Patriots aren't that bad. But this should have been a statement game for them. Coming off of a bye, coming off of being embarrassed by Baltimore. And so they were flat. And I – I don't know. This is a team that I'm. I would be a little bit worried about right now if I were a fan of them. 
The Seattle Seahawks beat the Jacksonville Jaguars 31 to 7. Jamie, do you, you have a box score? Teams. <laughs> do you have a box score in front of you? I do. Can you just look at the people who ran the football for both of these teams today? It's it's a who's who of who. Um <laughs> Let, uh, so, yeah, so we got on, on the Seattle side, we've got Alex Collins, Travis Homer, Geno Smith, Rashad Penny, DJ Dallas, and Gerald Everett with a five-yard run. Excuse me, a negative five-yard run. Um, and on Jacksonville, Carlos Hyde, James Ross. James Ross has got four carries in this game. I know. It's, it, it hurts. It just Trevor hurts. Trevor Lawrence, Dario Gumbawale, and LaVisca Chenault. By the way, so here's, here's my takeaway from the Jacksonville sideline, uh, uh, side of things. Jamal Agnew needs to be owned in every league. Six catches, 38 yards, a touchdown on 12 targets. He's the guy that we thought Chenault was going to be. Yes, I agree one hundred thousand percent. That is what it, that's the role. They're, they they they're mis, mis, misusing Chenault still. Like they're trying to make him run vertical, even though he doesn't have the speed and never never had the speed to do that. Uh, but Jamal Agnew, this is now a like several week thing, so he needs to be picked up in all leagues. Uh, Seattle, big welcome back, Tyler Lockett after basically being what nothing. Like for look, so he's got. Since he had the, that monster start to the season, so he had four for 102 touchdowns in, in week one, eight for 178 in a touchdown in week two. Since then, four for 31 and zero, four for 24 and zero, five for 57 and zero, two for 35 and zero, two for 12 and zero, and then 12 for 142. Welcome back to the the, the Tyler Lockett roller coaster experience. And well, and then and then both guys actually end up playing well because DK Metcalf catches two touchdowns, so he has six. Yeah, catches, but you expect Metcalf yards. to be really good at this point. Like I think it's, it's Lockett that's been non-existent even going back to russ well here's here's a week in which they both are relevant which i'm just saying has been few and far between uh this season uh, dan arnold eight catches 60 hey, yards on 10 targets you, yeah he's he's involved that's, like he's involved that's in offense. that's he's a lame joke a that i'm not gonna let you get away with okay i'm saying uh, i wouldn't be worried if i have james robinson uh he's been good enough of, over the next little little bit there but this was uh, i did not expect I didn't expect the Jaguars to win. I didn't expect them to look this bad because Seattle's not that good. This is they're there's going to be they're terrible. Like Urban Meyer should not be there next year. He's going to be somehow, but he he should not be there next year. The Broncos beat the Washington football team, and I'm going to rip up the ticket that I have. I'm not actually in front of my desk right now, but I have a ticket for the Washington football team over eight and a half wins uh, this season. I'm going to rip that up. That that is that is this Washington team has just missed the mark completely this season. I also didn't expect them to Lost lose Ryan here. Fitzpatrick uh, in week one to to ruin the the setup that I have there. Uh, but Jamie, what do you want to look at in this game? JD McKissick eight catches, 83 yards. <sighs> I want to. I want to have a, a heart to heart with. Are we going to do this again? Are we going to talk no, about yeah. the two running back system in Denver? We're going to do this no, again. No, 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 oh. no, no. We'll talk about that in a second. I just want to have a heart to heart with my fellow Antonio Gibson managers. Um, we'll get through this. Uh, this is tough. It's uh, just so. Just so everybody knows, Jamie took off his glasses and rubbed his eyes while he was trying to come up with the words. There. Because this is like, Gibson is becoming the hardest player for me to rank on a weekly basis because I understand what his talent level is. They continue to downplay the injury. Like every time, every time there's there's a report that comes out of Washington about it, it's always like he'll be fine. It's not that bad. We're taking him off the final injury report. We're doing this. We're doing like it. Never feels that bad, and yet he's he's losing carries to Jarrett Patterson. Like uh, eleven carries, forty six yards. He's not healthy. 
I, I, and look, Jared Patterson, probably preseason MVP from this past year. I think he's in that conversation if he's not the, the outright winner. And he's a talented player, and he scored 110 billion touchdowns in college. I get it. But there's no way Gibson is healthy. There's just no way. There is no way Gibson is healthy getting this workload. And I don't know what to do with him. Like, I keep dropping him into, like, running back two. Like, I, I don't know. Like, I have a hard time right now with, with the, the crapshoot that is the running back position and trying to find value on a weekly basis to find somebody. It's tough to just outright bench him because you it's I can't imagine you have two or three running backs on your roster better than him. But I, I just I, I can't keep ranking him in the top 15, 16. I just can't do it. Uh, the Denver side of things. Uh, Melvin Gordon continues to be better than anybody thinks he is. And and I will continue to say that Melvin Gordon is still the running back. And I've said this the entire offseason. I said this all season. I say it now. Melvin Gordon is still the back you want in the year 2021. All aboard the Javante train in 2022. But Melvin Gordon's back you want here. Gets in the end zone uh, twice, both as a receiver and a touchdown. They had a fun series at the end of the game where both running backs fumbled. They're like, well, hey, Javante Williams fumbled. I can do you one better. I can fumble and then lose it this time two plays later, which is what happened when Denver really tried to piss this game away. Um, Jerry Judy comes back four for 39 on four. Like it was just a kind of a blah game for everybody. Fant had a bad game. Judy had a bad game. Sutton had a bad game. Just wasn't. This Denver team's a mess, and I think they're all, they're another team that's going to have a new coach uh, by next year. The last game for us to discuss from the late afternoon slate: the Saints and the Buccaneers. The Saints win this football game, thirty-six to twenty-seven, uh, in what was supposed to be the Jameis Winston revenge game. Uh, it ended up being the Trevor Simeon football game, in which they uh, pull off this victory. Alvin Kamara, nineteen carries, sixty-one yards, and a touchdown. Tom Brady ends up with four touchdowns in this football game. Chris Godwin with the monster game, eight eight catches, yeah. 140 yards and a touchdown. That's probably the big takeaway on the Tampa side of things. Um, other than that, Jamie, I mean, the Saints offense, I, I they talked about it on the broadcast. I, I don't think it changes all that much if Trevor Simeon is the quarterback moving forward. I, I, like, I don't think the what I mean by that is I don't think the play calling is going to change. Sean Payton's no, no, no. still going to call the same plays. Agreed. The thing that comes to mind, though, is what is Taysom Hill's health status? And the offense does change if he is the quarterback because he can't, he's not a good enough thrower to operate over the course of a season. We saw in the five-game sample size last year, like it, it really hindered a lot of that offense. But uh, from the Saints' side, I it's looking bad for Jameis. Like this looks like it could be the end of his season there, which is really unfortunate. Um, uh, everything else kind of like I mean the Camara he doesn't have he gets in the end zone but you knew he was going to have a tough time uh, on the ground against the box run defense 3.2 yards of carry that's kind of what you expect but he gets in the end zone catches three balls he would have caught more I'm sure if, if Jameis was there and that is something I want to see like does Trevor Simeon or Taysom Hill and Taysom Hill didn't last year but if it's Trevor Simeon how often are they targeting Alvin Kamara that's the thing like it just to me it's just a volume just keep peppering Kamara with targets and he could be the RB1 but um, otherwise it was a, good to see Traquan Smith again take another step forward. Second game back from his injury. Started to be a little bit more involved there. Uh, but you can't really trust any Saints pass catcher. I mean, the, the leading wide receiver for the New Orleans Saints in 2021 with one catch was Kevin freaking White. 
Remember Kevin White? I as a as a fan of the West Virginia Mountaineers, of course I remember Kevin White. He was better than the guy last week when when they finally put uh, activated Davis Sills and he dropped his only dropped his only target. But uh, on the on the Tampa Bay side, it kind of played out exactly how I expected it. Uh, Tom Brady has a monster game. Uh, they're not going to be able they're not going to be able to run the ball at all on New Orleans, which was the case. Chris Godwin has a monster game with Antonio Brown out, Marshawn Lattimore, and Marsh uh, on Mike Evans. Check. Uh, Mike Evans did get a touchdown. He got that big play, so you, he still had a pretty good game. But this really played out. If you just looked at the box score on the Tampa side, I look at it and go, yeah, this is really what I expected. I, I don't have anything else to take away. I, I'm like, I look at the box score for both of these. It's it's so weird to me because in a game I thought the box would win by two, would, would win by at least win. I look at the box scores alone without without the actual final score of the game and I go, this all makes sense to me. But the, the, the score, the score at the top doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, agreed. That's football, though. Right. Sometimes that it stuff is. happens. And that and that's the way, the way it works. Quickly um, before we get, we get into Sunday night, I do want to just since we were already started on this, I, I, let's talk about quickly here, like the top five uh, at each position. I already talked about the running backs and wide receivers. Might as well just do quarterbacks and tight ends before we get into Sunday night football. Just for you know what, just because I think it's fun to kind of look at. We'll probably maybe we'll we'll dedicate a little bit more time to this next week or whatever when we're like at the halfway point of the season. But uh, QB one by Josh Allen. By the way, QB1 up there. Tom Brady, QB2. Lamar Jackson, QB3. Patrick Mahomes, QB4. Matthew Stafford, QB5. And just so you know, Chris, Jalen Hurts, QB6. Again, that's, uh, I, 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 I gave up on that like three episodes ago. You, you win that Good. one. You're, you win that one for the season. Um, uh, but wait, Jamie, we can't just go right into Sunday Night Football. How'd you do an orange box this week? Not well. Oh, no. There's rough on for you, boys. The first week, I did, I, this is the oh, first week no. I didn't win. It's the first week I didn't win all season. We were on such a streak. The streak's over. It ends here in week yeah, eight. Yeah, the streak's over. I made it to so I'm seven for seven, and now seven or eight. Uh, this was the first week uh, I did not cash uh, inside of owner's box, and it was uh, it was a rough one. Um, I uh, to be fair, I didn't feel great about my lineups this week. You know, I put them together. I was on the train. Uh, you know, going to like the the candy shop, not the one fifty cent talked about, but like an actual candy shop uh, yesterday, and you know, putting put through so the lineup. Uh, what? <laughs> Things I never thought. In. Oh, of course I'm leaving it in. Leave that in, Chris. Yeah. I don't make 50 cent references very often, but uh, I'm thinking I'm put to the line, but just, I couldn't, I didn't feel like I was in a groove. I didn't feel like I had the right combination, but it's going to happen. You win some, you lose some, and I've won a lot more than I've lost, and you can win a lot too by joining me because I'm going to be right back, get right back on the horse next week for week nine. I'm excited about it. And if you haven't joined already, if you haven't downloaded the Owner's Box app yet, do so today. Get a free $10 entry into their $25,000 week nine tournament, which should be live by the time you are listening to this. Uh, and do that now for your free entry in that you can win a ton you have up to 30 entries uh, into this tournament they also have five dollar tournaments they have 250 dollar tournaments they have double ups they have one versus one where you can just go up against somebody and just take their money uh, it's really fun and exciting they have sunday only contests thursday through monday got a little bit of everything for you uh join them today and again join me play i will be i will be in the big 25k contest next weekend and i don't know maybe we can both win some money i guess we can all win some money Sunday Night Football, the Cowboys without Dak Prescott, Cooper Rush in as quarterback. They beat the Minnesota Vikings to move to 5-1 and one, uh, on the season. Uh, I don't know if you saw that Amari Cooper catch that was essentially the game winner. but Amari Cooper, woo. good at the football. Woo. Uh, he, the toe tap in the back of the Excuse end zone. Excuse me. 
Six and one. The six and one Dallas Cowboys. I shorted yeah. them a victory. Can't that's do that. To don't them. Uh, don't. Uh, that hasn't updated yet on, on your screen. Uh, uh, Cedric Wilson with the best throw of the game, though. I mean. Yeah, dude, Cedric Wilson had a cannon. That was a, uh, that I was, was a like, spy, why did he start? That was a laser down there. I was like, by what? the way, what if I were to tell you, if I were to tell you, by the way, they keep showing shots of Cooper Rush's dad getting all like excited for him to throw the game. I, awesome. I, I love seeing that. I'm sorry. But um, Mike White and Cooper Rush threw for 730 yards today. Just the way we drew it up in week eight of the NFL regular season. What? What are we doing? Uh, Cooper Rush, 325 yards and two touchdowns. Two touchdowns, yep. They threw 40 times with Cooper Rush. <laughs> they were just like, hey, Cooper, we're going to run the same plays that we run with Dak, baby. You just got to go in there and execute. And I, Big game for worked. both the star receivers, though. Eight for 122 and a tutty for Amari Cooper. Six for 112 to CeeDee Lamb, including a nice 35-yarder from, from Cedric Wilson. Uh, Cedric Wilson himself catches a touchdown, three for 84 and touchdown. He had that long one, what was it, 73 yards that he gets mm-hmm. it. So, uh, subdued game from the running backs. We thought this was going to be the big game for Zeke and Pollard and you know Zeke held the 3.1 yards per carry 50 50 yards on 16 carries catches four passes Tony Pollard only 26 yards only on seven carries but uh, uh, this looked like a game that Dak Prescott started from the box score take Cooper Rush's name out and put Dak's name in there and you wouldn't be no, it would be like, oh, okay, cool. This was this is what I expected. I what a game for Cooper Rush. And uh, on the other side, not great for anybody except Adam Thielen had a nice game, six for seventy-eight and touchdown. But Jefferson, two for twenty-one. KJ Osborne, two for ten. Uh, yeah, what Dalvin a missed Cook, opportunity 70. for the Vikings here. Yeah, you're at home. You're facing Cooper freaking Rush. Yeah, like, just a missed opportunity. You gotta win. This, but this is what the fight. This is the right. Vikings. If, but this, but this to, is but why to that they point, never go anywhere. If you want to get every time you start to like give Kirk Cousins compliments, he does this. He does 184 like yards, this. one touchdown. Put the expert attack yep. on no. it. Like he does shit like this, and it's just yeah. like. Man, it was like it was like the Carson Wentz stuff. I was fine. I was buying into you a little bit, man. I was giving you credit. You weren't turning the ball over. You were you were, and then you just like, yeah. for lack of a technical term, you just. And, and that's what it felt like the minute the Vikings did here. They were flat this entire game. Like they yeah. just they were completely unexciting. Home. And look, at Dallas's defense is good, but they're it's not that good. Don't it's not, break good. Like yeah, they're, they're not the only yards. sixteen. Good. I, just, no, I, I agree one hundred percent. This is what stops. This is what stops Minnesota from from leaving the tier that they find themselves in. Of nobody ever believes them as as yeah, playoff th- contenders. That's why they're going to be it's eight games nine like this. And nobody's going to care. Yep. Still for weird the, to say eight nine out loud, but I know I have to get used to it. But yeah, they're going to be uh, eight nine. Nobody's going to care. But good, good for the Dallas Cowboys. Good for the look. We've. We've said this before, and this is something that I, I, I this is a phrase I, I love hearing it and I believe it. Good teams have to find a way to win when they don't play their best or when they don't have their best players sometimes. Dallas did that. They went on the road, they played a 500 team, and they beat them with their backup quarterback. Like, kudos. You, you, need, you need a few of those wins along the way. And they're going to win this division, clearly. Like, I think right now it's them Them and the Titans are the no doubt you're going to win your division, barring, I, I don't know, a, a comet hitting the earth. Like, I just can't see a scenario where, it, mostly because the teams behind them are just so bad. I just can't see a way those other teams catch them. So, good for them and allows them to not have to rush Dak Prescott back. Right. I was I was having a conversation with somebody today, and I was like, they could, even with, even with where they're at so far this season, they could give... Um, 
Dak the week, and if they lose, it's not that big of a deal because of how well they've played to start the season. Well, now you're playing with house money, right? You just won a game in which Dak Prescott didn't start. You could very easily let him take his time because, like you said, Jamie, they're just going to run you away with this th- division. You have a three-and-a-half game lead on this and division. Who, and who is it over? I can't even begin to Philly. think. I, I'm good. I'm not blowing a three-and-a-half game lead to Philly. It's not happening. Like, that's the thing. Like, right, right now, and, and their schedule, too, isn't that – I mean, it gets tough. Like, it get, there's a tough stretch there. But there's also, like, like you look at right now, you go home against the Broncos. That's a game you should win. Home against the Falcons. That should I be mean, a win. I mean, what, you're going to be 8-1 at that point? Yep. Now, then you're going to hit a little bit tough schedule. You go at Kansas City, home Raiders, at New Orleans. Like, that's a tough schedule. Like, that's a tough run there. You may be only winning one of those games. If you go one and two there, you're still good, though. But, yeah, and then you go at Washington, at the Giants, home Washington, home Cardinals, at the Eagles. Like, even if you lose, let's say you lose every game that you're even close. So, let's say you lose the Chiefs, you lose to the Raiders, you lose to the Saints, you lose to the Cardinals. You're still going to be, what, 12 and 5? And no one's gonna even. Let's, touch. Give, let's give. Let's give you two more. Let's just say things get really bad, and you lose two more games randomly. You're ten you're and be seven. Ten and seven. That's still good enough to win. You're that still division. winning the division. I know you yeah. want seeding. I know at some point when you have a record like that with one loss, you're looking at the Packers, you're looking at the Bucks, you're looking at the Cardinals, Rams, and going, you know, we, we'd like a buy. And they're in that conversation. Do you have because right now they're six and one, and what the Packers are seven and one, and Arizona and LA are seven and one, and. You're you're a game above or half game above Tampa Bay. So like you're gonna be talking about the bye, but I don't think they're that good of a team, but they're gonna win this division. So there's no reason to rush Dak back. And for fantasy purposes, if Dak doesn't play next week, you still have to be encouraged that you're gonna get some really good production from the wide receivers. Yeah, nothing about tonight's game leads you to believe otherwise. That is going to do it for us here on the recap edition of the TDN Fantasy Podcast. Uh, Jamie, where can everybody follow you on social media? Follow me at Jamie Eisner on Twitter and at Jamie Eisner TDN on Instagram. You can follow me on Twitter at Shoe Radio, S-C-H-U Radio. You can follow the show on Twitter at TDN Fantasy. The DraftNetwork.com underneath the Fantasy tab is where you can find all of the fantasy content. We're back Tuesday. Waiver Wire Rankings, Jamie's Week. Week 9 rankings, which will be over on the draftnetwork.com on Tuesday morning. We break all of that down on the show. Everybody have a great start to your week. We will talk to you on Tuesday. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.